overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on his people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hello, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hi, Laura. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good. We were just kind of talking about some parenting woes before yes. we started recording. <laughs> I was butting head was, heads with a teenager. You were dealing with separation anxiety of a seven-year-old. An eight-year-old on eight Monday. Eight-year-old on Monday. Which I very helpfully reminded her of. It did not go well. <laughs> so saying things like, you're about to be eight, like surprisingly aren't helpful. <laughs> okay, so I kind of feel like when if you're saying to Micah, put your big girl pants on you're you're nearly eight years old maybe that's why maybe you're trying to validate yourself by telling me that it was okay for me to enumerate the many times where I was right and Lydia was wrong maybe maybe that (laughs) but let me just tell you the few things and we do have a very special guest tonight so we will get to her but let me just tell you a few of the things I tried leading up to the you're almost eight that's enough (laughs) we called the voice of fear a liar. We called the voice of anxiety a liar. We called it a bully. We named it. We we renounced it in Jesus's name. We told it it had no place there. We um we called the spirits of joy and peace into her life in Jesus's name, and Jesus was not um having it. He he <laughs> he said no to those to those requests um by all appearances. And so then I just needed to use some good old-fashioned shame sure. of her age. Um, I think for me, I didn't, we did not, we did not bind any spirits and we did, we did not call on the help of Jesus. I um, was just impulsively replying to her and um, saying what came into my head. But I do think it started better with, um... I was using reason and logic. And oh, that was your first mistake. <laughs> that was that was my first mistake. And then when that didn't land, I I, I went to um, you know, I I stuck with reason and logic, but went to enumerating the many times yeah. where I was right and she was wrong. That works it, in conflict it, really well. It, it it actually didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Although I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna share a quote. I think it was George Wheels that said this, but um, I totally know who that is. You can't be reasoned out of a position you weren't reasoned into it's good stuff i don't think that's wrong that's good stuff well tonight we have a special guest with us we have marcia heindel how are you Marsha? yes i'm good you have all seen her on stage at dallas bible church (laughs) but you may not have seen her on stage at fellowship bible church (laughs) like i did growing up thinking she was the coolest. I, I feel like we should Thank start you for that this age shaming. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we should start this whole thing over because I kind of said like Marshall or something like that when oh, I do was we, like do you wanna, how are you Marshall? Do, should we cut out that part exclusively and then post it as a blooper on the Dallas Bible Church? <laughs> I'm just saying page? if it was you it would be like I would throw a fit and then we would like stop the whole thing and start over again. <laughs> I think it's fine. Did you It'll know she stand. was talking about you? Of course I did. There you go. There you go. I think people would have known you were introducing the show if we had let it stand, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, Marcia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so um, born and raised in Duncanville, Texas, um, south of here, for those that don't know. Um, mom, dad, older sister. Uh, only moved twice. One of those was picking up our entire house and moving it because oh, wow. yeah, this will age me. I 20 was coming through. So they picked up our whole house and moved it. And, um, that was fun cause we got to ride our tricycles inside. Um, oh, cool. but then moved a block down the street. I don't know how many years later. And that's where I grew up. So basically the okay. same street. Um, 
Gosh. Um, raised in the church, Southern Baptist. Um, really, that's the foundation that I have is being raised in the church. Um, so no matter what else, you know, I know is going on these days with all of that. Um, that was my foundation. Um, gosh, just, uh, all involved parents involved wasn't a big church. Mm -hmm. Um, but grew up in Duncanville my entire life. So we, you know, all these elementaries funneled into two junior highs and one high school. So you went to school with the same wow. people for, you know, your life. Um, so around the age of fourth grade, um, it was just natural for me to feel the call to, I know y'all talked about, uh, do you have a moment mm -hmm. of salvation? I have a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so fourth grade, I just felt the Lord saying, you know, ask me into your heart. So I felt that call. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I will back up and say both the houses I grew up in got broken into. Mm. Oh, so I had some fear. Um, and I would go to bed every night and I would organize my stuffed animals and my dolls in this semicircle around my head. Mm -hmm. And then I would lay in the middle and I would quote Jer to myself. Jerry Seinfeld calls that the semicircle of emotional, well, or, or of emotional support mm -hmm. with the stuffed well, animals. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not go. sure if they actually <laughs> talked to me, but, um, and then I would lay in bed and quote, when I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Psalm 56, three, it rhymed, you know, which is goes along with my brain. And so that's what I, that was my routine every single night. And, um, but the night that I prayed, I prayed in my living room floor, um, to ask Jesus into my heart. I felt this significant shift and I went to bed that night and I took all those stuffed animals and moved them away and I had my one oh, wow. and I went to sleep because I felt protected mm. and different and I knew so I knew something was different okay Laura do you think maybe you could add that to your repertoire with Micah where well, I'm like just you wondering could go, what your, how your parents guilted and shamed you into that and, well I'm just I'm just saying success. like you could be like Micah you're scared and your house has never been broken into Marsha Heindel's house has been broken into twice <laughs> yeah that no. may not be the root of my yeah. fear let's be clear <laughs> I'm just saying you could add it to, if you want to just add like it, add some well, shame. I probably will yeah. add that verse. Yeah. Uh, that That's a good could definitely one. come I mean, it was handy. a King James version, but it rhymed. So if you want to do that, we'll that pull feels, out the big, yeah. big, the big guns of King James if we yeah. need to, yeah. whatever's going to get me out the door easier. If you, if you think that's healthier <laughs> than adding the, like that shame story, like Marsha can do it. Why can't you, Micah? <laughs> I'll try that. Okay. I'll try that. All right. Because we know shame works. Yeah, it does. Um, it is a powerful motivator. I mean, it may not be a my, healthy one, but it's been my life story. It's right. the gas in my tank. <laughs> so yeah, so that, um, you felt a shift there. I did. So that has always been my foundation for no matter, no matter what else has happened in my life. I'm not saying I did it perfectly, which you'll hear later. But, um, well, let's get to that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I did, I asked the Lord, I, I don't share mm. this part of my story that I will share tonight. And I, I think on one of y'all's podcasts, I heard you say, are you not sharing because that part is past or because you feel shame? And I was like, Oh, mm. thanks God. Now I think, <laughs> I think you're calling me to say this. Um, so thanks for that. Appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, so anyway, and I wrote myself some notes, so forgive me Usually. if I oh, stop and it. process and stuff. Um, You've said that you like to be very careful and process and write down, and I'm already impressed with you. You have more written down on the pages in front of you than I've journaled in 20 years. <laughs> well, I'm a journal. I don't journal consistently these days, but I have all my life. So, um, so yeah, growing up in the church, I heard all the Bible stories. Um, vacation Bible school, went on the youth mission trips, um, to South Texas. And can I just say when you were Baptist, you were not allowed to wear shorts in South Texas. Oh Ooh, gosh. Ooh, darn toasty. hot. Um, so yeah, there's my poor pitiful me story. Um, <laughs> times were tough. Times were tough. <laughs> they were no snow, just Texas heat. Um, so I had all of that, um, which was good, but fast forward to high school um, where people are known for making their wisest choices. It wasn't my wise choice. It was, um, my parents after 18 years mm. decided to separating and divorce followed, but maybe not 
immediate. Sure. Um, so rocked my world. I never had that one best friend. Mm. I don't like, I've spent a lot of years not liking women very much because they're, you know, we can be really petty and mean mm. and mean girls in junior high and high school. Are mm-hmm. They don't great. give women a great name. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't. Um, and that, I, I think walking through a divorce, no matter what age or stage you're in is, is we've, we've become a little bit callous to it because mm-hmm. we see it everywhere. Yeah. But for a child going through it, I don't care if you're 16 or six or 24 it, or 24, it, it doesn't rocks matter. It your doesn't matter. world. I mean, right. it's your, it's your family falling apart mm-hmm. and especially, and it's hard for anybody, but especially when you're raised in this environment where that's not supposed to happen and mm-hmm. you just don't even, it's not even in your realm of possibilities. Right. Right. That your parents who are in the Baptist church involved in this little community that that living in the same two right. homes forever, you know, right. Just, it just doesn't. Yeah. So, um, right. So I, uh, did not have a really a best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt alone in that my sister had her escape. She had her friend and, um, so early on just, uh, I was trying to think of what God wanted me to say tonight. And I think just the voice, the voice of the enemy, how he starts speaking into your core at whatever age. Um, And it's directed and particular Mm -hmm. and not by accident what he attacks. So sneaky. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so. What was um, that? What was it that, what was it that he was saying to you? um, Unlovable. You know, you're not enough. And even just, uh, I think he started telling me lies about God, Mm. honestly. Um, If these people can't hold it together, then what kind of God, Mm. you know, is that? Um, That nothing's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So my sister um, went off to college. She was a couple years older than me. Went off to college. Um... So for a couple of years, it was just me and my mom and granted my mom was falling apart a little bit, but also she and I just enjoyed kind of being in the house together. Um, I had drill team. I've, I have been singing and dancing since before I could probably walk and talk, I think. Mm. Um, so I had drill team and we would leave notes on the desk for each other and uh, I was still involved in youth group, still involved in church. My youth group got very small. So by the time I graduated, there was very few of us. Um, everybody was going to the big church. Mm. Um, but uh, went off to college. Um, parents still, I'm not sure if they had actually divorced at this point, but um, went off to college to um, Level Land, Texas. South Plains Junior College in Leveland, Texas. Um, not a lot Where of people know is Leveland, Texas? 30 miles due west of Lubbock. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll drive there. to Lubbock and keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it gets flatter and mm-hmm. more tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. So I went there. It was a junior college, but um, I'd heard about it through a friend of ours at church and um, didn't do a lot of college hunting. You know, like today, that's such a big deal. Um Went off to be a music major, so I was a vocal major and a piano minor. Um, I probably had the best voice teacher I've ever had. Mm. He was incredible. Um, But being in the performance thing, I've always questioned, God, why did you make me a performer? I'm so inadequate of it. Like, Mm. I I don't, I've never thought I was good at it. I just love doing it. So I just always did it. And my church, I have to say, my church supported me. They would let me sing songs that I wrote. They would, I mean, I would play and sing Youth Sunday in a Baptist church. They would let me, a young teenage girl, lead the worship, mm-hmm. lead the hymns. And that's just, you know, probably wasn't done a lot. But um, so they really just encouraged and supported me. So um, that was that was nice. And the Lord kind of used that to... But there was something in you that always felt inadequate. Oh, said, totally. 
I'm not like, good enough. I lived to, in for the shadow position. of my perfect sister. Mm. And that's not anything she did. That is, she was just beautiful and good and had this best friend that she met in seventh grade. And probably uh, partially a lie of the enemy to you. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. That you were living in. But at the time she was the shadow to live in. And, um, so, uh, went off to college just again, just kind of, you know, in the, like I say, and in the performance world, you kind of feel there's always somebody better. There's always, you know, you're just like, oh, I'm just Especially when you go and you get surrounded by other people that have that same gifting and passion. Yeah. So I went off to college and spent a lot of time just doing nothing. I didn't have a lot of friends at first because I didn't know anybody out there. And uh, practiced piano five hours a day. You know, oh, I'd just wow. go to the little practice room and I was like, I don't know anybody, so I'll just go practice. And, um, but... As time went on, um, like I said, I had the best voice teacher, just this good old West Texas boy. Um, but he learned how to, he learned how to work with me and realize what I needed and then extend my lessons so that I could, you know, grow. Um, and I started getting opportunities and, um, it was really, yeah, it just kind of came into myself. And for the first time, I think I, I finally thought, um, maybe I am, mm-hmm. maybe this is a gift from God. Um, still had people trying to put me in a box saying, oh, this is the kind of music you should sing. And, um, so struggled with that for a little bit, but while I was in college, my parents tried to get back together and then they mm-hmm. didn't. And then, um, ended up getting divorced. Uh, so there's still some things that are not resolved there, but, um, Still had my faith. I still, I didn't find a church, but I still just, I had my Bible and I was studying. And um, one Easter, a friend of mine and I could not get home. For some reason, we were stuck at school. We couldn't go home. And we were just talking. We went to church together and we went to lunch together and we were talking. And it came out that she didn't know basic Bible verses. I was like, what do you mean Mm. you don't know John 3.16? Everybody knows John 3.16. And she didn't. So we went back to my apartment and... I remember just laid on my bed and opened my Bible and we just started talking about basic Bible verses. And, um, years later I got a call from her that it's going to make me cry <laughs> that she had become a believer mm. <laughs> and she went back to that time that we had oh. just kind of talked to two girls that couldn't go home for college for Easter. Mm. Um, and she's a strong believer today, and it's just awesome. it just meant the world, the world to me that in all that crazy, God was still using, um, you know, He could still use. Well, in it the midst me. of you feeling like inadequate, not super useful, yeah, you know, and, and questioning, yeah. did you really gift me this way? And and yeah. and I think too to to. To bless a situation with a, a female friend when you had been sketched out by yeah. women. Marsha, I don't know if you um, listened to the podcast for, that Laura interviewed me, um, but that your story is reminding me of the Christian twins that I um, lived on my dorm and, and just um, that, you know, there's like the the kindness that they showed me mm-hmm. in that moment that I feel like they, I, and I did, I actually reached out to them after that podcast, uh, cause I'm friends with them on Facebook and, and I just like posted it to their page, uh, to their pages so that they would, they would see it and, and hear it. But, um, that I think that people don't always know the fruit of the, of the kindness that they show of the mm-hmm. godly kindness that they show to other people. And it's, it's so cool that you got to experience that, that like you were, you were, you were the Christian twins <laughs> and it could have, you know, and it could have stopped with you internally going, how do you not know John three sixteen? like go to any football game and someone has a sign, yeah. with it, you know, but you Tim didn't Tebow will there. have it written on his face. That's right. That's not right. back then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. were you, you, you showed her. Yeah. You sat with her and showed her and, and were, were Christ to her in that moment. Yeah. Marcia, that was pretty cool. Can you tell us about a time where you feel like 
kind of, God met you like in a dark place, in a hard place? Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So after, after, uh, my junior college, I transferred to UNT to finish my mm-hmm. degree. Um, so much closer to home when you'd been pretty far away. Yeah, but big transition, mm-hmm. big transition for me. It did not go well. Um, I met a, a fellow friend who um, he was a drummer, and um, Oof, they're stay bad away from news. those guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just my friend. Um, but they were having auditions. Laura and I are they both married a... to drummers. In case you, people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they were having auditions for a lead singer for a Christian rock band they were Mm -hmm. in. So on a whim, I auditioned and made it. And we practiced at this one church in town. And, um, the bassist was a youth pastor there. And, uh, he was charming and Mm -hmm. he, I, I listened to Jenny Miller's story. And so many times I was saying, yes, amen. Yes, yes. Mm totally identify with her story um he was charming I was vulnerable uh we ended up dating got engaged Mm. I had red flags that started to go off in my head but I didn't know what to do with them and ignore them that's Mm -hmm. the best thing to (laughs) do with red flags well I did Mm. um and I don't think I had enough of the Holy Spirit yet to, I know we have the Holy Spirit the minute we become believers, but if you don't confidence tap into in, that. And confidence into hearing right. his Then voice. you don't hear yeah. the voice. So I did not heed the red flags. Um, we ended up getting married. He had a job offer in Indiana, his hometown. Um soon as the wedding was done, immediate change. Um, Mm. And I realized that this was going to be the rest of my life. Um, And that was not necessarily a good thing? No, it was not a good thing. Um, uh, I moved away. I remember the day we left, the day we were driving away, I looked at my mom. We were standing at her house, and we didn't know how to say goodbye to each other. And I remember that feeling of, I don't want to leave. Mm. And I don't know why I don't want to leave, but I've got to go. This is my life, and this is who I am now. So we moved to Indiana, started at a church um, mm. up there, uh, realized... And um, he's, he was a youth pastor when you, mar- or when you married him, or right. started dating anyway. Right. And so then he, he took a job at, the ch- at a church, pastor, another youth mm-hmm. pastor. Okay. So, um, things went pretty south pretty quickly. Um, I remember the first event I went to as, uh, a new woman in that church, new staff mom, wife. Um, it was, it was a, uh, an event, uh, a benefit for, um, abusive women, abused women, excuse mm. me. And I remember sitting there and Those at are some point, two very different things. Yes, <laughs> abused women. And I remember sitting there in the dark, they were playing a video and I'm crying in the mm. dark and I'm thinking, why am I crying? I'm not, I'm not an abused woman. I'm not, he hasn't beaten me. He hasn't, well, uh, I was the mm. abused woman. Um, he, Oh, so not a healthy man. He had a violent temper. He had trouble spending uncontrollably. So, uh, needless to say, I found out he had pawned about half our wedding gifts. Mm. Um, I mean, just uh, pretty much anything you could be south in. He was, he had gone that direction. Um, he was a sex addict. Um, and I was up there alone mm. um could not tell anybody in the body i didn't know I anybody say you probably felt felt like it was it had you didn't have close friends you Mm-mm. you were so new there i didn't so i was isolated i was away from my family he was close to his and um that did not go well either um so yeah it um just completely alone i i felt um 
humiliated and ashamed. Um, uh, I'm trying to put the words to it. Lord, give me the words. Um, I thought I was crazy half the time, and I thought that people wouldn't believe me if I said something. So I was completely controlled. Um, I carried the weight of the youth group on me because I just kept thinking, God, protect these kids. Um, because what, you know, what's going on at home is not good. Um, and you knew he was not in a healthy position to be leading people. Not so at you all. and you so you were still at this time how was your relationship with God were you did you feel like you were hearing from him were you talking to him were you doubting you know um no i i again i don't think i've uh, i've heard so much recently i mean until recently but um i would get massive migraines that would send me to bed which i realized later was God kind of protecting me um, he would threaten me with, uh, his friends on the police force that he could have me taken away at any moment based on anything he said that he was, um, involved in an occult task force, which, you know, let's just add that onto everything else that was going on. So there was this weight of oppression in our home and, um, I did not know how to battle that. So I think the Lord kind of pulled me out of that sometimes with those migraines, um, literally just send me to bed. And so I wouldn't have to battle what was going on. So, um, that went on for about a year. I lived in silence. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and Christmas the following year, um, we were home and the Lord just kind of worked it out so that things started coming out. I think he, took my mom's car and I had to wake her up in the middle of the night and tell her. And, um, so she had a plan, got me out the next morning and she said, you're going to tell me everything. So mm -hmm. I did, um, told oh, her, yeah, she pulled over to the side of the road. She had to sit there for a minute. So, um, that came out. We counseled with, um, somebody that we were close to, but I just felt like I should go back and work on it because divorce was not, something I wanted, I hate to say on my record, but you know, that's um, how you felt at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did. I was like, I will not be divorced. I'm a divorced kid. I won't have mm -hmm. a divorce. So we went to counseling. Um, I remember the Sunday they didn't tell the church why we were stepping back, but he had to leave his job because it got to the one family I did call, um, was close friends of ours. And, uh, the position he was in, he had to come forward or step off the position, which was God's way of getting it out of my hands and saying, I'm mm -hmm. going to deal with this. So he had to step down and they asked, um, I remember sitting there that morning and you could hear people ripping checks out of their checkbook for our counseling fund. Mm -hmm. And it broke my heart. I just kept thinking, you don't know what's going on. Please don't support this. Mm. I mean, this was a, we, we, you wouldn't know on the outside, but once you went to their homes, this was an affluent church, but these people were so incredibly godly and encouraging and um, supportive. Like, did you feel like they were throwing good money after bad? Is totally. that totally? That's what because, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. That's how and hopeless you felt. It was. I just felt guilty. Mm. I just felt totally guilty that we didn't deserve it. I thought, this is not, you don't need to do this. But so we started counseling. Um, it did not go well. Um, I ended up just feeling like the Lord was saying, you need to get out of this. So, um, the counselor even told me how disappointed in me she was. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I tell my clients that regularly. Do you? So yeah, it's healthy. Sometimes, sometimes I check in with Laura about like healthy things to say. And that seems like something mm -hmm. Laura would say. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So that, that's just where in all the crazy respect was. Because he had charmed her. Mm. Oh, wow. And okay. that's when you start developing this. You're, you already have a voice of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. 
And then you already have, a, like, it starts, you already had that seed planted of, am I crazy? Yeah. I'm not, he hasn't slapped me across the face, so therefore he, I am not abused. Sometimes, but yeah. And oh, he gosh. did. You know, I, ter- I heard the term, he did get physical a few times, but it wasn't, I wished sometimes he would beat the crap out of me. At least I, it would get it out. I know. Although Marsha, like, and I, I'm just, I'm not saying this to you. I'm just saying this to say it out loud because it, it, it bears repeating when people physically put their hands on you in a violent way, that's never okay. And that's always abuse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and the, the fact if they slap you across the face, but don't beat the sh- yeah. out of you. Sorry. Yes. No, <laughs> I know what you're alert. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you weren't abused. Yeah. You don't have the right, right to physically hurt someone. You don't. Right. We're right. not children. We're, we're not eight year olds trying to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Hank Denny will defend his mom's honor every once mm-hmm. in a while if you call her a Karen, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> but also I think but it's, that's not okay. That's right. not that okay. Is, you're right. That it's is not. abuse and we don't need to minimize it. And I know that that's not no, what you're right. to do, but I just want to say but that in out your, loud. In your brain sometimes as the victim, you think, oh no, that's not really. Yeah. I, I mean, Laura, Laura, one Laura one time said to me, uh, like when I was kind of minimizing something that happened to me as a child, um, she, she said, well, what if I, and I was kind of like, eh, you know, but then, then, you know, that's not, I don't And she's like, what if someone said that to Lydia mm-hmm. and it like, you know, and, and I think we all have that tendency sometimes. And of course I burst into tears when she said it, like, yeah. what if someone said that to Lydia, because it's totally not okay. Right. And just like, you know, we, even now, even years later, when you're in a healthier place, you can still minimize that. True. Um, and it's like, but what if that happened to one of your girls? Would you sure. not like rip right. that guy's throat out? Exactly. Okay. Well, and also it's not, I mean, absolutely never okay for anyone to lay hands on you in an angry, violent way, but it's also not the only form right. of abuse. And that is so confusing. Exactly. Because I, I think that we well, have psychological a, a, abuse is oh, in for some sure. ways just as damage long-term damage verbal yes and i finally heard somebody put this word to it just a few years ago spiritual abuse Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my gosh that makes total sense because he would use that with his degree Mm -hmm. um he would use that as well so you're exactly right yes it was it was abusive and it Mm -hmm. was oppressive and it was completely wrong so what did you do so you at this point you like you feel like you're hearing that you need to step out of it. Right. What, what did you do? Did you get, um, so I just, I felt God say, I love you more than what's happening to you. So, Mm. um, sought out a divorce lawyer, followed through on all that. Um, my mom and dad and stepdad came and moved me home mother's day weekend. That's just what moms do. Mm. Um, came home, um, and just tried to pick up the pieces. I was completely broken, $30,000 in debt because mm. he spent like a madman. Um, but brought that home with me cause I knew he wouldn't pay it and it was all in my name. So I brought that home. Um, I did have family help with that, but I also got a job and over the next many years worked to pay that off. Um, then entered, you know, I call him the bad boyfriend and he's not the bad boyfriend. He just was bad for me. Um, that relationship went on, and it wasn't immediate, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't go jump from one to the other. Um, but that one went on for about five or six years. And where the first one was, um, don't make me mad, just stand behind the glass. Uh, side note, I write poetry. Mm-hmm. I don't share it a lot. But that's another way of getting stuff out. And at some point, God gave me three. Like, I wrote so fast I, I almost couldn't keep up with what he was releasing in me. And he gave me three different poems, one about each of these relationships, and um, just helped me put words to what I had actually experienced. Mm-hmm. Very cathartic for me. Um, so the one was stand behind the glass, look good, don't make a mistake. This one was don't embarrass me. I'm going to put you up here on the shelf and I will see you when I want to see you, but I'm not going to take you out in public because you mm. embarrass me. Um, but that doesn't it, even rhyme, Marsha. I know that one doesn't, <laughs> but the I poem do. does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was just this feeding into that voice. By this time, the voice of the enemy is so incredibly loud. Um, but had it not been for that, I would not have gone to Fellowship Bible Church Singles Group and run into this other guy on the soft, the sand volleyball court. 
Um, so, uh, and I would not have been home when my sister had her first son and when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, um, somewhere in that relationship, um, we were at an odds and I just needed to get away. And again, random audition came up for Branson and I auditioned and a friend of mine walked in who grew up in Branson and grew up working on Silver Dollar City Park. And he just said, you need to hire her right now. And probably thanks to him, I got a job. So I moved to Branson and lived there for a year and worked. Um, I feel only... like you've lived like four lives already. <laughs> I know. How old are you at this point? <laughs> I'm 12. Yeah, um, naturally. 13 and a half. Let's see, gosh, I don't know. I was think that was the old, one of the oldest ones in my show. But um, So yeah, I just moved there and worked for a year. What show were you in? I was in the saloon. And I was in the night show at Echo Hollow, so I needed both to like have money. So I worked both. Um, we're gonna need you to send us some pictures. Oh gosh, of you in saloon attire. Okay. Um, I can was, see it. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Um, so he asked me to marry him, so I moved home. This is Norb, I assume. No, no this, this is other this guy. Is the bad this is shelf boyfriend. Oh gosh, oh gosh, this is okay. still the bad boyfriend. I thought so, this was somebody you met no. on the sand volleyball court, no. and I was hoping Norb that was, was sand volleyball court guy. But you had already but we left. We were just friends. Okay, okay. So okay. we met. We became friends. Um, you go to Branson. Bad boyfriend. Bad for you, boyfriend. Yes. We'll call him bad for you, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Says, marry me. Okay. I moved home, um, and that's when my mom was diagnosed. My mm. nephew was born, and. Um, he changed his mind, <laughs> thank God, actually. Um, but at the time, it wasn't thank God. It broke my heart. And so I kind of, that that was a season Sure, for and me. it was feeding an old, it was for feeding sure. an old wound of mm-hmm. I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was a whole season of really arguing with God. I do not understand why you will not let me have this. Mm-hmm. Um, anger, bitterness, all that just messy stuff set in. Um, did not feel very close to him at that point, obviously. Um, so as time went on, uh, I was still, I stayed stuck in that for a long time. Could not get out of. Why won't you let me be happy? Yes. Yes. And why can't he be the one I've invested Mm. myself in this? Um, and in somewhere in there, he got engaged. And at the time he got engaged, I felt this weight just go. And little backstory, Norb had liked me for six years. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he was a new believer. So I always say I had my Louis Vuitton matched set of baggage (laughs) and he had his little bowling ball bag. (laughs) And I'm like, you were so not ready for all this. There is no way you could handle it. Um, and he was a new believer and I kept thinking, you've, you've got some growing to do. And, um, I'm way down this road and you're just starting out. So I need you to figure out who God is. So I just didn't have those feelings. Um, but we were really good friends. He actually came to visit me in Branson. He helped. Did he help move me up there? He would tell you. Um, so yeah, just stayed my friend and, um, I moved home and, uh, once that engagement happened, I just felt this release and I thought, Oh my gosh, I like him. And, but I didn't say the message I, here, fellas, is don't give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay the yeah, course. He, people that know him are so glad that we finally got married because mm-hmm. I'm like, finally, I don't have to hear about her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sat on it for about a week or two and just thought, I need to process this with the Lord and make sure this is something. So that you had um, feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we. Once I told him, we ended up getting married within a few months because um, oh, wow. we knew, good gosh, it had been six years. We're like, what else can we know about <laughs> each other? Um, so, yeah, I got married, and um, the downside to that is my mom's cancer had not, um, it was just getting worse. And two months after we got married, uh, it, yeah, it, she ended up passing away two mm. months after we got married. Um, so at the beginning of our marriage, um, she, yeah, it, it ended up in her spinal fluid Mm. and that's not something you can control easily. Um, so I was trying to work, I was working at our church at that point. Um, did you ever know that? 
that I worked at Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to drive out to Mesquite. My grandmother was in town, and I was trying to drive out to Mesquite to take care of her as well. My sister was pregnant with her twins. So she had, much as she wanted to be here, she just couldn't. Your sister mm-hmm. had twins, and you have twins. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. We're freaks of nature. <laughs> That's what my brother-in-law lovingly calls us. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just kind of watched her fall away and it was horrible and I was angry and you know the whole healing thing Mm -hmm. God I'm praying for healing use it for your glory um did not happen so I remember sitting um in my office at church and I got the phone call from the doctor finally saying what the the latest was because I had taken her to a doctor's appointment and for the first time they asked her a question and she was stumped and could not answer what she was allergic to, what, mm. and it was not like her. She always knew. And she just looked at me with this blank stare, and I'm like, Mom, you always know this. I don't, I, I'll have to give me a minute to think what you're allergic to. Um, I got the phone call that what it was, and that there sort of wasn't any treatment at mm. that point. And um, I just remember falling apart. Um, and I had this sweet lady. Do you remember Gigi Adams? Mm-hmm. I called her. I knew she was a prayer warrior, and I just I told her what had happened, and I said, I've got to get home. I need to get home and call my sister, and I need to, you know, I'm the only one that knows right now. I need to tell my husband, and I need, but I can't, I can't drive. And she said, you drive. I will pray your way home. Mm. And I don't remember driving. I just remember her praying in my ear as I drove home. Um, so I drove home, called my sister, told her the news um, that I had to go tell my mother and my grandmother and my stepdad. So, yeah, she just couldn't, she wanted to to try treatment because she wanted to see my sister's twins, but she couldn't. Um, So, yeah, we had to let her go. Um, That was hard, and I was angry, and just, so there was a whole year where I don't, the first year of our marriage, I don't remember much. Well, that's what I was going to say. You, you, you know, as, as, as grateful as you probably were for Norb and how sweet he was and how much he loves you and loved you then, um, you were still carrying in some yeah anger and doubt and hurt. And like you said, your, your baggage, yeah you were still carrying. And then for this to happen so quickly in your marriage yeah makes it just that first year feel heavy. It did. And if we were not friends first, I don't know that we would have made it, but grace of God, he is just a man of gold and, um, not to say we haven't struggled. We've been married 23 years and we've been at DBC for, what did I tell y'all? 13, Mm. um, left our other church after 15. So we're not ones that just, you know, church Mm -hmm. hop. Um, yeah. So got pregnant with our twins a little while later, um, was on bed rest for that. They were premature. There was that whole, um, thing then with twins it takes you a few years to want another one mm-hmm. so we started <laughs> yeah they were four you could cross stitch that on a pillow mm-hmm. huh yeah so they were four and we thought okay let's let's we're ready they're in their own rooms they're not kicking each other biting each other mm-hmm. you know on a consistent basis um and then we had trouble getting mm-hmm. another one so we lost two mm-hmm. and uh but then the Lord gave us Emma and um that was amazing. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, we have two 20-year-olds and a 15-year-old, which seems unreal because I can't be that old. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so in all of that, I think the voice of the enemy just, he has beaten me down my entire life. Um, and I struggle so much with those feelings of inadequacy and, Lord, I really shouldn't. I shouldn't be in a position of leadership and worship and what am I doing? And, um, he has just, oh gosh, I I don't even know when the shift started to happen. Um, but I reached a point where I was done with the theme Bible studies. I've done all the Bible studies. I've done Beth Moore. I've done, um, experiencing God, which was great because the biggest thing it says is it's not all about you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) Um, 
But I've been doing Revive School for the last year and a half. And on my, are, you're, aren't on you my in two. a life group with the Martins? We were. Okay. Our, that one has dissipated. We are, we discovered we're not good leaders. Because <laughs> the Marcy's moved out of town and left us in charge. And it's like, oh, it is no more. What does that say about us? Um, Maybe nothing. No shame. In time. <laughs> yeah. right. Anyway, no but shame. you had been in. So, yeah. With, and that's, I was the just, Martins, that's the Martins ministry, right? Yes. Okay. So I was ready for something more. I just kept thinking, God, I need, I need something to go deeper. I've heard all the Bible stories. Mm-hmm. I've gotten that foundation my entire life, but I need, I need more. I've started well, feeling me. Yeah. The move of the Holy spirit. And, um, so I started that and what that does is, and I know y'all talked about Leviticus, but honestly, Leviticus, mm-hmm. who knew that's like my phrase for Leviticus now, who knew numbers, mm-hmm. who knew, um, but it, it weaves the seed of Christ. It mm-hmm. weaves Jesus through the entire scripture from Old to New mm-hmm. Testament. You know, Baptists don't focus on the Old Testament a lot, um, other than the rules It's all part. through John 3.16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can weave that into any sermon. It's like right. that the Jesus storybook Bible I love. I've read it to my kids, and it says, every story whispers his name. Yeah, you want to see yeah. me choke up, just get me to read any, any story from mm-hmm. Jesus storybook Bible, mm-hmm. and I'll fall apart. How funny. So um, that's been really, that even, one. even learning, just, you are learning the Bible, mm-hmm. but, but also it sounds like it's been listen. really restorative and healing for you. It has, you know, yeah. So I've also done healing prayer. Mm-hmm. I've done it twice, mm-hmm. um, with Ray Sturdivant, um, who's who I heard about it the first time. And I still, honestly, I have more to go. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much, um, but I've reached a point where I am ready. Like my, be careful what you ask for. This last year, I've asked him to totally, to purify. I said, burn out anything that does not need to be there. I want to be so for you because the enemy has stolen my joy for so long. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking that whole joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it, it did not sit with me. I didn't get it mm-hmm. until I started sitting with the Lord more. And let me tell you, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, you get into his word mm-hmm. and um, seriously get into it. Don't just read it. That's what I love about Revive School. You get the readings, you get the teaching, you get the teaching questions, and then now Laura's devotional. Mm-hmm. It's just such a comprehensive avenue of just getting information in different ways. Mm. Um, so just, it's really, really good. And the Lord has been speaking to me through that. And, um, I just read today. It was so funny. Um, do y'all know who Toby Mac is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the singer, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He posted something today that says, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought it would be like and learn to find joy in the story you're actually living. Mm. And I was like, that's what I've missed. All these years I've been saying, God, I want this and this and this and this. And nothing looks like what I wanted. Instead of focusing on um, the joy. He's been telling me, stay in your lane. You cannot run the race for anybody else. Mm -hmm. You can't run it for your kids. You can't run it for your husband. Um, Stay in your lane. You can still encourage them from your lane. But you stay and run your race. And focus on me and um that is what I've been trying to focus on they first Corinthians second uh, Corinthians 10 the talk we just did on that a couple weeks ago talked about the battle I don't know if y'all were at the worship night but it was all about worshiping in the battle and how to stand firm and use worship as your weapon. My weapon is a melody everything's a song to me too mm-hmm. so I'm surprised mm-hmm. I haven't everything is lyrics mm-hmm. running through my head Um, and we have to learn the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of the shepherd. Mm. And I've asked him this last year, his phrase for me this year is voice of authority. Which one are you listening to? Are you listening to your voice, which is your own voice of authority, the enemy's voice or my voice? And, um, and just learning to know the difference. The enemy sounds a lot like me and things I would say to myself to shame myself the voice of the Lord is grace and 
love and and harshness when it has to be as far as the purification process. It's not fun, mm-hmm. let sure. me tell you. But it's, it's always painful. kind. Mm-hmm. But it's always good. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that it's... Uh, it's kind because he's kind, but mm-hmm. it's it's good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where I think... That's where he's bringing me. So that's when he was there. He's Lord, been there all along. He's just given me the overall... Marsha knows how to land a plane, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> well, and I was just thinking about how for for so many years you were just white knuckling it through. Mm-hmm. And and it seems like it seems like that wasn't working anymore. You know, yeah, I mean right? shocker, spoiler. Um, right. But that you that you were able to to more intentionally pursue the Lord, learning about him, learning his word. And that, that, I mean, you've been able to hear his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He has changed the way he speaks to me. I get visions. I get dreams. I get pictures. Um, I have the gift of intercession. So I will pray for anybody that wants me to pray, but I want more of that. Like I want him to actually speak to me and say, this person needs prayer, this person. So I'm wanting more Mm. of that as well. But Yeah, so the verse, um, Isaiah, I don't even know if I wrote it down. Um, I just put it on my board at home. It's, uh, it is for freedom Christ has set Mm -hmm. you free. Stand firm. That whole stand firm is big for me right now. And do not go back to a yoke. I'm wording it wrong, but, and do not once again take on the yoke of slavery. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just, you're free. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. It's a choice of what voice you hear. I choose whether to hear the enemy or the savior. Mm. Marsha, so. I, I just think I'm so grateful for you sharing your story mm-hmm. with us that I, that I know, like, I know that's, you know, that was probably hard to tell. And, and, uh, but I, I can, I can only imagine how many people can identify with parts of that story mm-hmm. and whether, whether that's an abusive relationship or just, the voice of the enemy under constant mm-hmm. attack. But I just thank you for being so open yeah. with us. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think that your openness reflects the work that God has done. Because you, you said before we started recording, or maybe even at the beginning of the recording, I haven't told parts of this story very much. Right. A no. lot of people don't know this. Right. But you're free, and you want God to be able to use that story. And I just right. really appreciate you sharing it. Thank you. It's his story, his glory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I asked him. I just felt him say it's time. Mm. Well, it's it was a it was a pleasure getting to know you better. Um, I, Laura and I always say this, and of course I've I've known you peripherally for right. years, but um, I, certainly I didn't know this story. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's it is really cool how we we get to be in this conversation mm-hmm. and then it just kind of grows our heart for the women mm-hmm. of this church and that just makes us love you and mm-hmm. just meet want to meet you in friendship mm-hmm. so Absolutely. anyway thanks so much marcia we really appreciate thanks for it having me. yeah well thank you guys for joining us on embarrassment of riches we'll see you next time Bye.